0: Welcome to the Money Buddha podcast, where I chat with people who I admire, people who really follow the things that light them up in business and in life. And our guest today does exactly that. She is a fractional CMO and the founder of Fractional CMO School. Her days are spent supporting her seven-figure clients, helping them grow their membership and course businesses. She also mentors other marketers to launch and grow their own fractional CMO business. With more than 15 years in the field, She's led marketing for both growing startups and well-known global names like Lululemon, Pottery Barn, Jenna Kutcher, and Deloitte, to name a few. Jess's philosophy is rooted in customer-first marketing, which she believes makes marketing and sales effortless and cultivates fiercely loyal brand advocates. She says, the key to true excellence is focusing on doing fewer things, but doing them exceptionally well. Well. So let me introduce you to Jessica Shira. Hi.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be
0: here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. So we're like new um, Instagram friends, we'll call it.
1: Yeah, I love that. You <laughs>
0: were. Um, so we're actually in a uh, uh, elite business coaching group together, which is how I discovered you. So, um, so yeah, I am I'm really excited to get into this. So I wanted to kind of know, so when I heard what um, you were doing, like fractional CMO, I didn't, I was like, what is a fractional CMO? When I first saw it, I was like, I don't know these terms. It's not in my lingo. Um, so can you like explain, because um, obviously you're in marketing. Um, so just kind of like your story, like how did you get into it? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love this question and I I can first start explaining what a fractional CMO is because I know the term is relatively new and there's also a lot of people out there calling them a fractional CMO and doing sort of different things than what I see as a fractional CMO. So how I define it is a CMO for your business on a part-time basis. So if you think about a CMO role, what that role is and does is it's really an executive leader so someone who comes in and creates marketing strategy, and then they figure out, okay, how, what's the best way to move this, this strategy forward? How, who are the right people that we need to execute this? What are the right things to be doing for your brand or your business based on the size, based on the phase? Uh, you know, what are we going to be measuring for success? it's all of those bigger pieces that fit into the business strategy. So it's really understanding and working in lockstep with the CEO and trying to really ingrain yourself in their mind and understand their goals and where they want to take their business and then figure out like, what is marketing's role in that? How are we going to actually do that through all of the marketing pieces that we do? So as a CMO, I'm not the one executing. I'm not creating and posting things to social for my clients. I'm not writing emails, I'm not doing landing pages. I'm more at that strategy level like that that step back of like what do we need? What channels do we need to be on? What kinds of campaigns should we be doing? What sort of messaging do we want and how are we going to position ourselves relative to the competitors in our space? So it's all of that. Um and then you asked how I got started in yeah. this. So I've been doing marketing for about 15 years and I had been working in the corporate industry, working for Lululemon. You gave a great intro. Thank you. Um, And after having my second daughter, I just couldn't really see a world in which I went back to um, Monday to Friday, nine to five. I love what I do, but I found that working in corporate was such a grind. You know, there just was endless amounts of work and it just felt like to do my job well i needed to work you know 60 hour work weeks and i just didn't see that fitting into my life going forward i wanted more balance and i also probably from the very first day of my very first job out of university i had this entrepreneurial itch and i just felt like oh, i'm gonna start my own company one day i know that i will i don't know exactly what it is but i just i have it in me and so it just you know two weeks before having my second daughter it just felt like the right time. It might be crazy. might be baby hormones. I don't know, but I just decided I'm going to start my business and, and this is what I'm going to do. So I did, I started, you know, right after having her, I just kind of chipped away at stuff during her naps and more of the administrative side of the business and sort of dabbling with a few clients and figuring out what I wanted to do and kind of took a, a messy route to the fractional CMO world. And so I've been doing this now for almost three years.
0: Wow. Okay. I love that. I love that so much. I think I kind of had that same, like um, uh, from when I had my second, um, when I had my daughter in 2020, I feel like I also had that like, um, okay, like, like, what do I want to do? Cause I mean, you have time, you don't really, but you do. <laughs> so it's just yeah. so calm. Like it's, ne- it's less of a business, like being at work every day. Do you know what I mean? So at home, you kind of like can think about those things and when something really excites you, I feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. Like
1: at that. Point. Yeah. You just find that energy somehow. And I was very lucky. I had good babies. Like they're great sleepers, like no fussing. Like they were just like such angels and it just, it made it really easy for me to be able to do things in in my downtime, you know, during naps. So it was really great. It was a great time to just be able to like really focus and set things up.
0: Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Okay, cool.
1: So, um,
0: so and also I had to Google CMO. So Chief Marketing Officer, is that?
1: Yeah, yeah, Chief Marketing Officer. So that's usually like the top marketing position in an organization and usually on the executive team alongside the CEO and the COO. And so really running like the marketing function for a company.
0: Right, so it's more like creating the plan and yeah. helping them execute it in terms creating- of- like-
1: yeah. Creating mm-hmm. the plan, setting the goals, figuring out, you know, sort of taking that step back and saying like, what does marketing and brand need to look like for us to succeed and hit the goals that are important to us? So I see, you know, a lot of the times when people don't have this leadership, they're guessing, they're like, I don't know, should I be on TikTok? That's the new channel. And mm-hmm. oh, threads just popped up and I need to send emails every day. And it's like, you know, if they don't have somebody with a deep expertise in marketing, it can just feel like a hamster wheel. They're doing all of these things and kind of going nowhere because they don't know how to choose the right activities in their business that will be most impactful and move the right needles forward for them.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So we definitely get overwhelmed when we're exactly trying to do all the things and yeah. not having a plan, not knowing yeah. what the goal is. So like yeah. when you meet uh, a new client or... Um. How do you decide like what metrics someone should like? Is it obviously through a conversation? Everyone's different, but is there like like a basic like starter like metric like? Yeah. What Yeah, that's a great
1: question. I mean, everything ultimately always roots back to sales and revenue. Like that's why we're all in business. Like we're not going to pretend that that's not the number one goal. And so usually what I like to do is understand the building blocks of that. So if we're trying to drive revenue, what needs to be true in order to get to our goals and what's realistic too, you know, sometimes you'll come into a business and they want to go from, you know, one level of revenue to another, but you're looking and you're like, I don't know about 10 X growth with the budget you have and the, you know, all of the things that need to be done foundationally. So it's, it's finding that balance between setting ambitious goals, but also being realistic with the resources at hand. And, you know, then I take revenue as the the primary KPI, the thing that we want to move forward. And I start to understand their business model and, and break down like, okay, what do we know to be true about this business in terms of conversion rate? And, you know, where do leads come from, et cetera. So it, it's almost, it's, it's actually pretty easy to do if you know, kind of how the formula works, but you know if you understand your conversion rate at a at a really baseline which is you know how many people actually convert to a customer then you can kind of backtrack that and look at your sales process and look at all of the metrics throughout and say okay if we want to get to this number here and we have a conversion rate of call it 20% then that means we need this many leads in order to get 20% to convert to hit this revenue so that's a really basic way of approaching it but again, it's really like the building blocks and kind of being able to pull those apart and understand what metrics will build together to hit the goals you want to hit. And sometimes it also means audience growth too. Like it's not always just leads and conversion. It's sometimes just about building more brand awareness and growing the audience that they're talking to.
0: Right. Right. Cause a lot of times like you have to like hear someone or something like See someone so many times where like before you start working with them or like,
1: yeah,
0: build that like idea of, I know I'm probably going to work with them someday. Like you
1: kind of, yeah. Cause customers need no like, and trust with you. So I work with a lot of coaches and creators, uh, some e-commerce brands as well. And customers are unlikely to buy like right on the spot. They need to have been following you for a little while. And especially for coaches and creators, there needs to be that level of, of, okay, I trust this person. Like I know from their content or from a freebie or from whatever I've consumed that they know what they're talking about. And I like them. I like their values. Like something about them aligns with something about me. And then I, you know, it's the no, like, and trust. And so if, if you can build that through your audience and be focusing on that that is more of like a long game metric. You you want to always be building that. And then you're going to start to see conversions consistently as you're growing your audience.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, no, that's so true. Cause the
0: same for me, like I do business with people that I like. Yeah, the-
1: totally. Yeah, People buy from people. They don't buy from a business you're buying from a person, somebody that you like, someone you trust. Mm. Generally, that's how you're making these decisions. So yeah, it's, it's a really important and sometimes overlooked metric.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. I love that. Thank you
0: for that. That's like very wise advice. It's so simple, but we like forget to look at our numbers sometimes, or just like how many leads do we have like per year? Like, I don't know, like actually I'm going to look, cause I, I don't know that number for us.
1: Yeah. So. Well, it's, and it's even just tracking the basics can tell you a lot about your business because it tells you where to focus. Mm-hmm. So if you have a ton of leads and your conversion rate is poor, well, there's something in your sales process that's broken because people are interested and then you're kind of losing them at some point. So it allows you to understand where should you be focusing your energy and your resources Because you could, you know, if you have a conversion problem, you could be piling leads on all day long and you're, that's never going to change. Like you're, you're going to grow a little bit, but that's, that problem is still there. And that, that spot in your sales process is still broken and needs to be fixed. You know, so if you fix that, you could have the same amount of leads and increase your sales exponentially. So it it just helps you really be able to understand where to direct your resources.
0: Mm. And like what changes you need to make. Cause sometimes we try yeah. to redo everything and it's not what we need to do. Exactly.
1: Like sometimes no. you're, you're redoing something that's actually fine and working really well for you.
0: Right. Oh. Um, okay. So I saw something, one of your posts lately, I think it was, and you said you simplified your business and it paid off big time. I did. So can you explain a little bit about that? Or like, did you pivot? Like, definitely.
1: What was yeah. it? Yeah. So Uh, I started this business as a fractional CMO three years ago. And when I started, I definitely had so much mindset work to do. It's actually funny. I had no idea how much I would grow as a person starting this business and how much development would be required of me to sort of step into like who I'm meant to be to run this kind of a business. And so at the outset, I had such a scarcity mindset and so much stuff around like worthiness and all of that. And so I really started off on the foot of like trying to be all things to everybody and somebody would come my way and I would be like, Ooh, how do I fit into their budget and their problem? And how do, how do I like mold myself to them? Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a long time in my business and then started working with a coach who was incredible. And she kept telling me like, Jess, if you want to scale, I know you have these big goals. Like we would always talk about my, my longer term vision. And she's like, you really need to simplify. You need to simplify because then you can train people on your processes. You can onboard people. You can be moving through this, the work that you're doing with clients quickly because you have repeatable processes that, you know, just make the delivery to clients actually easier. And I knew this, but just something inside of me was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really ready. So I kind of like half did it. I, I half processed and I half scaled back and I sort of had like one toe in, one toe out. And I, you know, for the clients that I was delivering work to that way, it was going really well. But there was still part of me that was trying to like fit the other clients in and, and be like, okay, maybe I can do that and maybe I can tweak my package this way and my pricing this way. And it wasn't until a conversation with another mentor where he gave me some tough love and he's like, you need to simple or simplify like. simple scales, complex fails. And he really drilled it into me and kind of pushed me. I really needed that. And so it was that, that kind of like last, like letting go of that scarcity mindset. And I've done a lot of work around that. And, and finally felt like I was ready to do that and go forward and and just say, okay, this is what I do. And this is, I'm going to lean into this because I know it's a very, very powerful offering. I know it's like, very impactful for people's businesses. I know that we deliver like client work that wows them and the feedback we get is phenomenal. So I don't need to be all things to all people. I know I will be priced above what some people can afford. I know that there will be people who need something slightly different, but this is what I do and who I'm for. And so once I made that declaration, it just was wild how many things started falling into place, like partnerships that sort of came out of thin air and clients coming from, you know, connections that I hadn't really thought of. And just all of this stuff kept happening. That was almost the universe affirming that decision. And it's just been, it's been so great. And it's made the work feel incredible. Like I, I have always loved what I do, but it just feels even better now. And it feels like something just clicked into place that, Wasn't there before? Didn't even know it was missing. But it just feels so easeful and fun and impactful.
0: Oh, that's so great. I I feel like we always like know about that. Doing that, simplifying, and being like, "Hey, this is what I do," and then having to like be the authority, like being the person, be like, "Hey, no, it doesn't fit. Like, good luck, but thanks." You know what I mean? Like, I feel like. I don't know if it's as women or just generally, if people have a hard time, but I know that's definitely something that I struggle with as, as well. Cause I know exactly what you mean. Like, oh, well maybe, maybe we can. So that's amazing. And thank it's you. Like,
1: yeah. yeah it, a, it's a hard would- shift to make because it, it forces you to, you know, let go of that scarcity mindset and just, and have faith that you know your customers are out there and that if you really stand firm in what you're doing that there's going to be like an abundance of work coming your way instead of that feeling of like oh i have to take everything that comes my way and so it it's it's so much bigger than you think when you're like oh i just need to simplify it, like it it's it's a big big mindset hurdle to overcome and i i don't want to diminish the work that I have done over the last three years that goes into that because it's not easy. And I don't want anyone to like beat themselves up if they're struggling with this, because it's actually very hard. And I have read countless books on mindset and I've worked with coaches and done hypnosis and like all of these things to work on my mindset. And it's, it truly, I feel like it's been like a culmination of all of that work that has allowed me to make these shifts and like feel really good about them.
0: Mm. That's so great. That's amazing. Like I love hearing that stuff, because I I feel like yeah, when we have the abundance mindset, it's just we know it's gonna come. We know like we trust everything. It's like letting go of control, basically. Yeah. Like deciding, but then letting go. Like okay, like here's yeah, here's what it is. Like (laughs) I'll wait now, but but still are not. It's like a it's a give and take, right? It's hard to like um, uh. I feel for me, like in business, like pushing, like sometimes you have to push for things, but also having to like, let go and be like, oh, I trust the process as well. I feel like there's always that like, yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: in between, like, you can't just say something and wait for it, but which we all probably work hard, right? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, a friend of mine actually sent something to me this morning. And it was sort of the essence of it was that, you know, with business, when we can really let go, we are unattached to both the timeline and the way in which something happens. So being able to, you know, vision, visualize something and want something, but being unattached to like the steps or the way in which that's going to happen and when the, the win part is hard because right. it's not oh, always going right. to happen. It's actually probably never going to happen on the timeline you want it to happen on. <laughs> right.
0: No, no, that's true. Oh my gosh. No timelines are usually like the surprise, like, Oh, why, yeah.
1: <laughs> why now
0: it's exactly yeah. what you wanted, but you're like, Oh no, something else like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Love that. Um, so I I've also noticed that you're very I think you're very organized. You look like <laughs> an organized person. Um, do you have like uh, habits or like? How, obviously, you um, have um, like step by step processes, like all of those things in your business. Um, but to stay productive and like being able to work on your business, is there like certain things that you have like mastered that you can? Um, share like what do you do on day to day that really helps with that part
1: yeah um that's definitely been a work in progress as well and not been easy for me I I would say in the last year I've been pretty dedicated to blocking Fridays off for a CEO day and so depending on what is going on in my business or my my personal life. Sometimes that looks like a self-care day where I'm just resting and doing things for me that make me feel good and, you know, f- fuel my cup. Last week that happened to be a meeting with a, a friend. Um, I say a meeting, but we, we just have these kind of casual, like almost mastermind style meetups. And that was really, really great. And then lunch with somebody where we kind of did the same. So sometimes it's that, sometimes it's just heads down working on my business. So I think it's just it's been a very hard practice for me, but like setting firm boundaries around when I work on my business and when I, you know, I'm available for clients. And it, it's actually kind of a new thing for me because it's something that I have struggled with. Like, okay, I'm I'm not and again, it really comes from that scarcity mindset of like, oh my gosh, are they gonna be mad? I'm not replying, or what if I tell them I can't meet on a Friday? Like I really had to let go of all of that, worrying about what they were thinking of me and and really being scared to set and hold those boundaries. And once I really pushed past that, that's when I was able to actually carve out time for my business, for me. And then in actuality, it's, it's proven that it hasn't even impacted my clients. Like there's been zero issues. And if anything, I'm starting to actually attract people into my world that have the same values. So one of my big clients right now is, is, very much like she schedules her workouts and she goes on vacation. She takes time away from her business and there's none of that like weirdness if I'm doing the same and it's, it's there. I'm meeting a lot of different partners that I'm working with with clients that have the same boundaries. So it's just kind of cool. It's like starting to attract the same people with the same values, which is, which is really nice.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, Absolutely. I feel like a lot of people now um. Have we're kind of shifting from like the hustle mindset to like oh like no actually we're like real people and we need to take time for ourselves and do exactly that. Oh, I
1: love yeah. So I also think too, like in simplifying my process and my service offerings, it has allowed me to step back a lot. Like my kids are actually home today because it's minus twenty and it's a snow day, and. Like a year ago, this would not have been possible. I would have been so stressed out because I was working so much because I just didn't have systems and things were, everything I was doing for clients was such a heavy lift because nothing was repeatable. And so now that I have the systems in place, every like delivery is still just as high in terms of quality, but it's so much easier to actually step back and step away because it just requires less of my hands on time. Mm.
0: I love to hear that. That like really inspires me. I'm definitely on the same like path. Um, Like I gave my basically emails to my assistant, like it, it's her, you're the boss, so you take care of the emails. Like just doing that, I found like was a huge, huge difference, like for me in my life. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like we don't really notice the things that we kind of just like, that takes our time and energy, but that we're just kind of dabbling in there all day and not really like getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well have it like, yeah. Clients will get responded to, it's just maybe in like blocks of time or whatnot. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I definitely also do find like batching my, my things together works really well. So Um, yesterday was a content recording day for my fractional CMO school in that school. I train other marketers how to launch and grow their own fractional CMO business. So I was just recording content most of the day rather than like an hour here or there. I I just feel like when I approach my days that way, it's so much more efficient. And I also do meetings that way too. So I'll have, you know, days where I'm back to back in meetings And then days where they're completely free and I can work or work on my business or do client pieces. So that also really helps me just be really efficient with my time.
0: Mm. Okay. That's great.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, i find,
0: um, so, okay. So you started your fractional, um, CMO, like the school.
1: So is that very new? It's very new. Yeah. It's not even three months old. Oh my God. We're, we're just coming out of beta probably at the start of March. And it's been amazing so far. Lots of great feedback. I've been really loving teaching and coaching everybody and I love it. And I'm so excited to grow it.
0: That's so exciting. I love that stuff. So um, did you find like, was it, it was probably something you had like as an idea for a while and you just like, weren't ready to like I-
1: commit to it or... I kind of actually fell into it. Um, I have just had over the last few years, so many people reach out to me about my experience as a fractional CMO and asking, you know, how did you start your business and how do you get clients and how do you package yourself? How do you price yourself? How do you sell this as a service? Like what does it actually look like to work with clients? And I've been so fortunate to have many people along the course of my career carve out time for coffee with me or lunch with me and share their learnings. And so I always would do anything I could to fit these coffees in with people or virtual meetings and to be able to share, you know, my path and my journey and just be able to help them in some way. But it got to a point where I was too busy to meet with everybody And I also started finding myself just repeating the same things over and over and thought to myself, you know, maybe there's a way to actually help everybody in one go. And for this to be something that they can learn from me in a recorded method. So I'm not having to just reiterate the same things. So yeah, I had the idea for a while and wasn't sure about the timing and just had, you know, some inspiration from another coach that, had started a similar program, not for fractional CMO space, but just had started something with nothing and was sort of just just being like, yeah, this is what I did and it's great and I'm building as we go. And just him modeling that was such an aha moment for me of, okay, what am I waiting for? Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to have all the answers. I know that I have a lot of things of value to deliver and, and ways I can help people. I've already done it so I'm just going to start. So I sold it to 14 people with nothing. There was no platform. There was no content. There was nothing. I just started it with a call. And I said, you know, this is the structure of the program together over a couple of months. We're going to build out the content. I want to, I didn't want to build in a vacuum. I didn't want to build for me. I wanted to build something that collectively as a group, they felt was valuable. So I had, of course, my framework of what I felt would be great to teach. And then I've added and kind of tweaked things based on feedback that I've gotten throughout the last few months. And so everything is almost all up and ready in the portal. And we're going to be going out of beta, like I said, in March. So I'm super excited for that.
0: Wow. Okay. That's very inspiring. Um, so yeah I know anytime someone starts um like some kind of uh online like with videos like teaching people whatever like whatever it is like the evergreen or course or like a course online course um I always find it so because I will pay for some right like I, I like to invest in those things um, and I just find it so amazing that you don't have to be there. Like you create something once so, and then tweak it, but like you create the big thing once and then it's there. And like people yeah. access it like anytime. And it's just like such a repeatable method. Um, I always get so excited when people have these type of courses. I'm like, this is so great. Um, yeah. I think about like for me, cause I, have been thinking about it for a long time like I'm like oh how can I do it and then you kind of get overwhelmed and it's like what would you do it about and um I have so much information like because I'm a mortgage broker in uh my space but it's like there's so many things that I can use or teach people but it's like which one do I want to like I get all those yeah. um so anytime I'm like oh like yeah it's just where do you start so like someone that would start basically like the way you did it was just like this is what I'm thinking. Um, anyone interested to kind of, first of all, see, like, is this something that could be? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, some people have asked me for advice on that as well. And I would always say that, you know, for me, I already had market validation by people coming to me already for this information. So that was point one. Mm-hmm. And then point two was I didn't go and build out something without anybody. I sold it and then I build it. So that's what I would highly recommend to anybody else because I've seen people build out something and then there's crickets because they just, there's not the market demand. And unfortunately then they've spent like hours and hours and months and months building something that just, there's no demand for. So I think if you can approach it like a beta and say, you know, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to see what kind of response I get. And if I hit, you know, X number of dollars or X number of people, then I'll take that as enough of a sign and go build. Mm -hmm. And I will say, so I, I have 14 people in my beta and lots of others were interested. It just was not in their budget. Um, and I did this with almost zero presence online. So I have had LinkedIn for my whole career and I've had Instagram for, you know, all of this business, but I've been very inactive up until a few months ago, probably just before I started promoting Fractional CMO School. And so, I say this just to remind people that you don't need to have a million followers and you don't need to be an influencer and you don't even need to be very active. Like you probably do already have enough of a audience out there whether it's friends, family, acquaintances, people that you know. And so it's all about just putting yourself out there and and seeing what kind of response you get
0: oh that's amazing I love that so much this is so valuable like I'm excited for it to come out (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) um would you say is there something in your business like um would have been like your biggest lesson that you learned like
1: in business or in life? Yeah. Oh, that's, oh my gosh. I've learned so many lessons in this business. Where do I start? <laughs> um, Probably I would say the biggest lesson has been in learning how to hold my boundaries around what is a fractional CMO and what do we do? What role do we play with our clients? Because there have been clients that I've had and I've been sort of in a place of like, oh my God, I can't believe I have this client, like maybe because they're paying me like more than at the time I felt worthy of, or maybe because they were a big client name and just, you know, having that imposter syndrome kick in a little bit. And there was experiences in the past where I deviated from my process because the client was asking for something. And instead of holding my boundaries, I sort of let, you know, people pleasing and perfectionism and trying to be liked, come up and and steer the ship. And it ended up not ending well for anybody. The client wasn't happy because the client felt like they were way overpaying almost, you know, a marketing coordinator or a marketing project manager, when in fact they were, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sitting in that powerful executive marketing leader seat. I was letting them you know sort of drive and i was like okay they don't really want to do this strategy process and in retrospect looking back that client was not a fit for me because they weren't ready to actually dive into their business and elevate things and create a big strategy and really take their company to the next level that wasn't really what they wanted and so you know i've i've learned a lot of lessons along the way about how to look for the right clients and really what kind of person and company is the right ideal client for me or for somebody who's trying to sell fractional CMO services. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's
0: a really good lesson. That's, I love that. Um, okay. And I guess um, for anyone that doesn't know you already, um, where can people find you online? Where Where's the best place to go find you?
1: Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram these days. So it's marketing.buy.jess. Or you can also find me at jessicashera.com. It's my website. So my name, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-S-H-I-R-R-A.com.
0: Amazing. Well, so thank you so much, Jess, for being here, sharing your story and your wisdom.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So a reminder to the listeners to go do something that lights you up today. Okay, bye.